welcome, 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 welcome. This is Midday Ramblings with Q, a series hosted by the Untitled Van Life Project, which is Caleb and Amy Yo. coming in hot. And this is Alex doing a little bit of a radio thing because today's <laughs> topic is music, uh, which is pretty vague. It's like just music. Um, what we is didn't really music? know where. Who I mean, I is could, music? Where as a, is music? All, all of the above will be talked about. <laughs> really? Oh, shit, above. I didn't prepare for that. Yeah, we're talking about music, guys. Vague music. All these so. questions. Well, the truth is, um, I think most people who listen to music could potentially ramble about music all day. And I certainly could as a professional rambler. Um, I could are you a professional about rambler? Music. Are we getting? Are we paying well, you for this podcast? Uh, okay, that's true. Are we I'm paying a novice. you? Also, are we? I'm a novice paid? rambler. No <laughs> one's getting paid. Rambler. I'm a novice rambler. I a I went ahead of myself. <laughs> Skyrim terms. <laughs> okay. Okay. Yeah. Anyway. So uh, we were talking texting. Uh, not that you need to know this, listeners, but we were talking about, like, what should we talk about with music? And uh, I was like, they say, I guess people who study these things, uh, that, you know, the most influential uh, time musically is often, I think, like, the very sweet spot is, like, 13 to 14. But, you know, kind of that late middle school into high school. So we decided let's focus mostly on the music that we were listening to in uh, middle school and high school and what kind of influenced us and influenced our tastes to this day. What do we still listen to this day? What, Anyway, yeah, just music that influenced us intensely in uh, perhaps middle or late middle school and throughout high school before we went off to college. So, What? We went uh, to college? Uh, we kind of went to college. I kind of went to college. Um, we went to college. But I would take it back. Y'all went to college. I did go to college, and then I went to not college, and then I went back to college, and then I went to not college, and then I went back to college, and then I went to to not college. <laughs> a story um, of true perseverance. Wow. And so I think have that's you a pretty college? condensed. That's a pretty no, but that's a pretty condensed version of my college history. Uh, but yes, music, uh, middle school, high school. Caleb and Amy, um, or. Uh, Amy, I'm going to start with you again. I started with you last time, so yeah. sorry to put you on the spot. I'll try to, to I'll try to, I'll try to mix it up more. But uh, Amy, what what music do you think was was uh, on repeat when you were in middle school and high school, or like give Man, us your story, your genesis? This is such. This is just such an interesting. It was such an interesting period to go back and reflect on and study when it comes to music. Because a lot of the music I listened to in middle school and high school, I actually don't really listen to much of it anymore. But I was able to kind of sit with what I really listened to. And it was cool to think, like, how did this music that I listened to then influence what I would say the music I listen to now is? And, like, maybe if I were to list out my favorite albums right now in this moment, do I, is there any connection? Can I see any influence from these earlier um, earlier albums or mu earlier artists that I used to listen to. So, okay, here what we did, go. What did you answer? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> could you, could yeah, you see connections? Okay. I could see some connections. I could see some connections. So, I am really, really grateful to have grown up in a family that we listen to a lot of music. We listen to a lot of different kinds of music. 
Um, so I do feel like I had a good, I was exposed to a lot of different and good kinds of music growing up. Um, so, and some of those, mainly this is, I guess, what I would say I had on repeat in middle school. Um, these were obviously, or not obviously, but these were definitely influenced by my dad. Um, listen to a lot of the Eagles. I think what really drew me to them is, I, I thought it was kind of like my first real connection, I would say, to rock music was listening to them. Also, all their four-part harmonies, which I just love in music. I really think that, I don't know, played an influence in my musical taste today was the rock and the four-part harmonies that they would have. Another one that really stands out to me or stood out to me was Electric Light Orchestra. And Really? I've never heard you mention that. Hell one. yeah. Yep. Think... Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Hey, don't, don't bring her down. <laughs> That was a joke. That was uh, that was a joke from the, their music. But uh, moving on, Amy. <laughs> <laughs> Good try. Over my head. But see, that is one. So they are one. I think that as I really sat with it, that was more like I saw. I see their influence more now. And then I thought back, and I was like, man, I think it really started with them. My interest and in kind of just like synthy psychedelic rock type sounds, kind of like yeah. spacey. Um, I didn't know it at the time, but they definitely were kind of planting those seeds within me, as we would say. Another one would be the Doobie Brothers. Listen to Doobie so Brothers. much Doobie Brothers. Doobie and Brothers. It's interesting because my, my dad had a lot of, he had a wide range of music that he listened to, so naturally I listened to it as well. But those were the three that really, like, I would choose to listen to. Those are the ones that stood out to me. He also had a big history in, like, old country so I know and heard a lot of old country, but that hasn't really carried through with me up to this point. Um, what about Rod Stewart? I did, write, like Rod, I did write you, Rod Stewart You, you wrote down. Rod Stewart? Yes, I guessed yeah. one. <laughs> yeah. Rod Stewart. Based on, based on the first three you, you named, I feel like your dad probably listened to like Steely Dan. Yeah. Steely Dan. Uh, we we listened to him the other night. night. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, yeah, it's funny because, uh, you know, as a kid, like, um, that's just what was on in the house. That's what was on the car. That's what I heard. Then I definitely went through this phase where, you know, I was like, oh, that's, that's what my parents listened to. It's probably not cool. But I think I eventually came around and was like, no, I actually, I really, really like that stuff. And I think it, I can see how that has progressed my path and my choice of music. Um, and how I think a lot of the artists that I listen to could have potentially been influenced by those older artists as well. Um, those oh, are big yeah. ones. If, if, if I may, I, I suggest you go back and listen to some uh, Eagles and Electric Light Orchestra because uh, it's still good. It is I, still good. Can, <laughs> and Steely Dan. Can, I can, uh, and Steely Dan. I, Walter White I likes Steely Dan. I actually was listening to Steely Dan like two days ago. So, so were we. Oh my gosh, was it at the same time? Wasn't that last night? Maybe. It was last night. (laughs) Which was basically two days ago in daylight. (laughs) Anyway. Well, Amy's, keep going. Yes. Then once I got to high school, I kind of started wanting to find my own avenues of music. I was always well-versed in whatever was popular at the time. I was also pretty well-versed in whatever country music was popular at the time. Ooh. So I did... (laughs) Oh here we go. Here, here we, we go. go. So I did in high school. I did listen to a lot of Rascal Flatts, Brad Paisley, um, 
Garth you know. Brooks? Yes, Garth Brooks, but I listened Garth? to Garth Brooks as a kid. He was in the 90s. Fun um, fact, we have yeah. seen Garth Brooks yeah. in concert. Yes. <clears throat> so it's interesting. I was yeah. thinking back on all the concerts that I went to, like, in high school, and a lot of them, most of them were country artists. Um, oh, a quick question. What was your Cusick first concert? is raising concert? his hand. We- <laughs> I, well, <laughs> I'm not raising my hand to ask the question. I just thought of something. What was we your didn't, first concert? Uh, we didn't, we, we didn't talk about this. Yeah, but like, what was your first concert ever, uh, or like, what was your first concert that you were maybe forced to go to, and what was the first concert yeah. you feel like forced you to chose to. to go? To, chose I'm trying. To go to? I'm trying to think the first one I was forced to go to. I might be getting this wrong, but I think it's a pretty safe guess to bet that it was either like Amy Grant or Diamond Rio. <laughs> it's so funny. My mom used to sing choose? back. My mom used to sing backup for Amy Grant. I wonder if you saw my mom. Really? That'd be crazy. I don't. <laughs> if, yeah. I'm, I mean, I have. I think it was probably Diamond Rio, but anyways, that was definitely something like that. Was one of the first ones I was forced to go to. The first one I chose to go to was Britney Spears at Starwood Amphitheater. Which is super relevant. The Britney Spears documentary just came. I know. Out. I have to watch it. Because yeah. she was also the free first. <laughs> Hashtag free Britney. She was also the first CD <laughs> that <Britney>. I bought <laughs> was Baby One More Time. Compact disc? No way. Uh, yeah. So, Caleb, Caleb, before Amy continues, what was your first concert? Concert? Or, like, your first, like, the first concert you went to and then the first concert where you're like, I have to see that band. Yeah. I'm, I know there was one concert. It was kind of a force <laughs> to go to, and I'm blanking on the dude's name, but he was just, like, a Christian contem- contemporary artist. And he was playing at like a local church, and my family oh, like um, went. We didn't go to Antioch that night, but oh no! Was, but we went to see him. Who do you know who it is? St- uh, Stephen it Curtis was Chapman. Either no. Stephen Curtis Chapman or um, uh, Michael. Michael uh, W. Smith. No, it wasn't either of Michael those guys. W. He was kind of like an offshoot. Uh, like an off-brand. Okay. <laughs> an off-brand. <laughs> an off-brand guy. Off-brand. Now he wasn't well known, well, my- but like my family really liked him and so we went to see him and i think i was pretty young so i was just like along for the ride to church essentially which became okay. this live concert and like he was pretty big but he was playing at this church and uh, I, I remember being pretty amazed by it i had never really heard live music before okay. and i was like i would wow, have thought it was that sounded really good i guess a lot of christian artists live in tennessee so we were surrounded by that also caleb and i listened to a lot of christian radio growing up because that was one of our few options probably uh, yes. But yeah, uh, Michael W. Smith was the worship leader at my church for like a few years. So growing up, I got free Sunday D- Michael W. Smith shows. Wow. Uh, wow. Anyway, what was the first <laughs> one that you yeah, chose to dream. go to? The first concert I chose to go to? Oh, yeah, like man. you were. I, I, I don't really remember that well. But one of the first concerts I went to was Muse uh, at War Memorial auditorium like my sophomore year of high school I oh think. nice was like it was kind of late before yeah, you it was like chose late. one yeah yeah well i mean i was kind of restricted based on my parentals on uh the live music scene i think they were hesitant to let me start exploring that same with why i only grew up really listening to christian music or mix 92.9 but so like before before 12 my music was very filtered into it better be christian and then finally once i was older i started like really coming to terms and like getting to know music it was like like hail satan hail satan rage against the machine motherfuckers and uh, 
Yeah. And yeah, that's when I started getting into more of like, oh, hey, this is actually the music scene I like. And now I want to go to shows. And they were pretty hesitant at first because uh, <laughs> I remember I tried to go see Muse in Atlanta like early in high school with some of our friends. They And they were all going. They wouldn't let me go. But then the next year, Muse came and played in Nashville and they let me go. But my dad went. <laughs> but he left early because he hated it. <laughs> also, I remember nice. we saw Audio Adrenaline a few times. Mm-hmm. I think. Oh, yeah. Uh, probably yeah, before I saw that them. at those big like Christian festivals or something. Yeah, yeah. I saw so, them with you. I, I got their autographs twice. Yeah. I remember um, we were in that line getting their autograph. And you asked um, the bassist. Will Will McGin- Will McGinnis? McGinnis, I think was this. I think that was. I think that was his name. Will McGinnis. Yeah, he was like signing the, the bass album. Play- the original you, bass player. And you like asked him how to play one of the lines on the on Get Down, I think, or like one of their popular songs, and he was like telling you the notes, and you're like, <laughs> oh, that was so cool. I love that. They were always really I, cool, I, but I don't care for their music anymore. Well, yeah, I don't. I don't listen. I don't go back and listen to the Christian rock that I was Ooh. forced to listen to as a child. But um, well, I, humorously enough, I think the first concert, I don't know about the first concert I ever like went to, um, but I think the first concert I ever went to, and I wanted to go to it, uh, my brother Eli and I went to go see Weird Al Yankovic. <laughs> yes, I remember you telling me that. Uh, you used to listen to so much Weird Al. Yeah. Something well, yeah. weird in the fridge today. That explains so yeah. much. What it is. Well, yeah, it, I know. Yeah, right? I, f- I feel like it explains, yeah, like partially my sense of humor. But it, it was <laughs> yeah. funny. Oh, the, that's, what, that's what you call the, it. Your sense of humor, the shows you watch, like everything. That's weird what you call out. Well, a lot of, a, a lot of, a lot of things. And but, your name um, is Alexander, so you're basically yeah, weird out. I'm pretty much weird out. No, well, I won't go into like all of my early uh, stuff yet because I still want Amy to talk. But yeah, Weird Al was a very early influence. And I mean, sometimes I listen to Weird Al songs and I hadn't even heard the original song that he was uh, doing a parody of. Yeah. You know, so so that's like also funny that there was some music that Weird Al did that I found later. And I was like, oh, it's like the Weird Al song when, you know, it was supposed to be Weird Al. It's like, oh, it's like the nirvana song or it's like the red hot chili pepper song it's kind of like how i feel like a lot of people nowadays will know a cover of a song rather than or like mm-hmm. certain songs that get big, oh yeah you rather know, than like the original know the cover rather right. than the original and you never even knew that it was a cover mm-hmm. and then you find it out and you, your mind's blown um but yeah i Sometimes. i know also in in early childhood there were also like christian concerts that i would go to like uh, at the titan stadium billy graham talked and i think it was like DC Talk and like no. Jars of Clay and of clay. Um, the Christian rapper guy Toby Mac. Kevinson? No, not Toby Mac. He was in DC Talk. What about um, Switchfoot? Would that have been your first concert? Uh, no. Okay. Oh yeah, Switchfoot. Not, played Switchfoot at came Tone. around a little later, I think. Okay. I don't really think that Muse show was my first concert, but that is kind of like the first breakthrough concert, yeah. I think, where I was like. All right, my life has changed. <laughs> yeah, that Britney Spears this. was the same yeah. for me too. Like, because I remember we had been to some audio A shows and they were awesome, but that that they didn't captivate me. Like, I mean, if you've been to a Muse show, they are the they're, greatest they're, live bands. Yeah. And we were front row I'm, at War Memorial, so like that man. that was just after that my it's, my love for live music and concerts and and music really blossomed <clears> and took off. Yeah, it's see I'm also I'm also blurring on like not counting Weird Al and like the Christian rock certs, rock concerts that I went to uh, at a very early age. Like when I was 
15, I started playing local shows. So like I have a lot of memories of just like local shows blowing me away of just like local bands like uh, Celebrity or Umbrella Tree or touring bands close in, by in the like Rest. Color Revolt. Color Revolt, That was baby. my band, one, one of my bands. But yeah, Color Revolt. I remember first time I saw them, they were touring and I was probably only 15 or 16 and like they blew me away um so it's but like that was a show that i got in for free like where were they playing at? so like they just played at the end which was a small venue that is about to be torn down sadly uh my heart breaks on that one um but uh yeah i I, like other than weird al and christian rock i don't really i know the the most impactful show that I saw is on Valentine's saying? Day Christian when I was in Oh, Christian Rock. Christian Rock. <laughs> I thought you said Chris, Chris oh, Rock. Yeah. I'm like, wait, where did Chris <laughs> Rock come out of? Yeah, that's actually a joke in The Simpsons. You didn't watch The Simpsons, but uh, their mm-hmm. neighbor, Ned Flanders, is super Christian-y, and he goes to a Chris Rock concert thinking it's a Christian Rock concert. And he's like, I've never heard a preacher <laughs> use, the, use the MF word so many times. <laughs> <laughs> that's good. Um, anyway. That's good. It was funny, uh, but um, but yeah, I think there were so many shows that I went to, but yeah, the most probably impactful show, which this was later on, I was in 10th grade, I saw Sigaros yeah, at the yeah. Ryman. Valentine's um, Day, it right? literally, it literally was like doing psychedelics before I had ever done psychedelics. Like that's maybe the best way to explain it. it that's was a good way to put truly, that first show. That's how I would describe that Muse show, Muse show as well. Yeah, it was it was intense, but um, but that definitely wasn't like my first show. But that's like a show that I intentionally bought tickets for. I was mm-hmm. starting to get into them, or I had been getting into them for maybe the past year. I was excited to see them live, but I just like didn't know what to expect. And I literally like it was a straight up spiritual experience. It was so intensely awesome. And you're coming up on um, the anniversary of that. Well, yeah, it was on Valentine's Day. Mm-hmm. I've still actually got the I've got I've got the ticket in a picture frame. I've had it since I think that was two thousand six. Do you so have Do you I have like, like the ha- set list they played? You could listen through the set list mm-hmm. on Valentine's Day because uh, I like doing that. Uh, a lot of recent shows, yeah. If it's a really good show, I'll look up the set list or like what is available to the people online, which is basically yeah, like yeah. a conglomeration of people who went to the show being like, I think they played this song after this one. Um, well, or you yeah, can do no, setlist FM. But that's that's what that is. Oh, it's it looks like, professional. It's though. like well, people yeah. can add in. No, songs. no, I I actually have been doing that a lot, and I did that. Excuse me. After I saw Sigaros, I remember. Uh, I think when I first got my laptop when I started college, I actually like looked up their their set list um, uh, from that show a couple years prior. I think someone had put it on on the internet, like had put the list of the songs. Oh, yeah. Um, and so I, I made a playlist, a Cigarose playlist that went in the order of, yeah, the show that they played. So, yeah, and I do that, I do that a lot plenty. Nowadays. Yeah. yeah, I do that a lot. Um, but a- anyway, we've moved on from live shows. Amy, keep, <laughs> keep talking about, uh, you were k- kind of going from childhood yeah, to talk middle school and high boy. school. I mean, you know that's coming up next. <laughs> uh oh, we're going downtown. Right. We're going downtown. <laughs> Yes, we're going down. We are going down. Yep. Honestly, Fall Out Boy was my high school music career. They were. Oh, wow. They were the first I made band. Fun of them. <laughs> you what? 
I made fun of them a lot. I'm okay, sorry. well that's why when you I and I were school. not friends in high school, Cusick. Well, I well, yeah, you I were used barely to, friends what, in high school till the end. <laughs> that's true. I don't even know the I don't even know all the words to that song, but anytime I heard it, I would just always sing like the going downtown with a dick in my mouth. <laughs> wow, that's not the words. <laughs> Poop in the. Bag, I know that's not the word. <laughs> yeah, but I don't no. know. He's like they are so much more than that song. First of all. It was I know. really once I started diving in, they were the first band that I feel like I really, yes, they were like big and popular and everyone knew their hits. Was that your first, did you say your first actual concert? No, my first actual concert was Britney Spears. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That was the first one. Well, you I did get to a Fall Out Boy show early. I went to a Fall Out Boy show in high school and that was kind of like y'all were talking about. It wasn't the first one that I chose to go to, um, but that was the first one that like, really changed the live music scene for me. Like, when I saw Britney Spears, I think I was in, like, elementary, maybe early middle school. Um, I would have never been allowed to see Britney Spears in that young. <laughs> elementary. I'll have to ask yeah. I yeah, need never, to, I kind of interested. My mom went with me. I want to, like, ask her Britney what that Spears experience was, was like for her. basically the devil at that point. No. <laughs> because of yeah. her skin. <laughs> because yeah. of her What's skin. Her, her skin yeah. is evil. <laughs> And it moved Cover really that well. Shit up. Her skin moved really well. It moved really well. It could turn on my little boy. <laughs> <laughs> That's what my parents were. Why did I? <laughs> yeah. Anyway. Like, why would we? Why would we pay that much money to see to have our our son see a a stripper? You know. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Land. Too much. Anyway. Too much. See a stripper. <laughs> but yes, I got to really. I really. I remember listening to Sugar We're Going Down, and um, I was like, you know what? I really like this band. And that that was the first band that I really dove into deeper. I was like, I'm actually going to, like, listen to their all of their albums and, like, listen through their whole albums and not just listen not to their just hits. Not just what's played on pop radio. Not what's just played on 107.5 The River. And, yeah, I really liked what I found. I really loved their sound. Something that stood out to me with them was their lyrics Pete Wentz, who's the bassist, wrote most of their lyrics, and I really liked his raw honesty in all of his lyrics. There was also usually some sort of, like, weird mystery tied in with a lot of their lyrics, which I always like in a song as well. So, yeah, I got really, really into Fall Out Boy, especially their first three albums, and that was that was the concert for me, I think, that I bought tickets to went. That was the first time I went to. I think without my parents, I th- or without any parents. I think, I think it was my junior sophomore. I think it was my sophomore or junior year of high school, and it was awesome. It was at Municipal, um, so not even like cool of a venue, but it was awesome. And that's when I really was like, okay, live music is just like a whole nother level. Like it's something different especially once you like fall deeply deeply in love with this band and literally every single song that they play you know everyone and you Mm -hmm. know all the words which is how that experience was and like you are in this crowd of people who are just feeling that energy with you and you're like connecting with each other without you know speaking or like touching but you can just feel you're all in the same energy bubble just like sharing in this experience that's what changed it for me I think they call that a super oh, yeah. spreader event now. <laughs> <laughs> so, so like, what what music um, would you say like exemplifies maybe senior year of high school though? Like, what do you think as far as the tail boy. end of the 
still Fall Out Boy. Right? <laughs> yeah, because when I okay. met you pretty much senior year, you mm-hmm. were really in the Fall Out Boy, and that kind of continued in the early college, because I remember buying You an, bought me one of their album albums that, that came had just out. come out, mm-hmm. okay. and you were into it, and I listened to it. <laughs> you would you would sit I and would listen, listen to, to it, it and I it. tried to listen to it and get to know that one. Yeah. And yeah. You, you know it kind of well. Well, he was the falling for Amy boy. <laughs> He's like, you're on it tonight. Yeah, you are. <laughs> but um, I do know Fall Out Boy. A, yeah. Go see a stripper. As, uh, yeah. To, to the listeners, expect a lot of bad music and song title puns coming in the future but good jokes lots yes. of good jokes but yeah fallout boy is still <laughs> making music i know that and i love them and still really respect who they are as artists i think you've seen them in the last like five years too. yeah i have seen them in the last five with, years uh, didn't they play with with uh, wiz khalifa with, with, mm-hmm. with wiz khalifa yeah. <laughs> they nice. toured together to show you where they've gone <laughs> but the route they've chosen i i really owe them i think my drive and desire to like dive into bands and get to know them because they were the first one that really pulled me into kind of their whole scene and their whole vibe and I really wanted to just learn more about them as artists and them as people and then also all of their music um and I mean it's really fun to listen and jam and play too and by play I mean like airplay because I don't know (laughs) any of their songs on guitar or or bass or anything but yeah, I still really enjoy rocking out to them or karaoke-ing to them when I can, but I don't keep up with them anymore. It kind of just naturally faded out. I mean, I did start dating someone who didn't really listen to them, so, you know. Yeah. <laughs> so that happened. Well, so that happened. Speaking... But we did meet Pete Wentz together one time oh. at a restaurant, and I talked to you into going up and saying hi to it's him. It's the most starstruck I've ever been in my life. Okay, also had, like, Pete Wentz was my celebrity crush, like, times a thousand. Still probably kind of is. But we did see him in Nashville at a restaurant. Whoa. Did you say hello? I did. This was, like, two nice. or... This was, like, three or four years ago. It was not that long ago. Mm. Oh, wow. We were in Nashville. We were in Nashville, yeah. Yes. I did go say hi so to at him. at least four. But I, like... Been in, we've been mm-hmm. moved away from Nashville for, for three. three. I did yeah. go say hi, but I freaked out when I saw him, or I freaked out when I, like, got in his vicinity, and I just said, like, hey, Pete, and I was actually going to his show that night. He was in he Nashville was in because Nashville, he was playing in Nashville yeah. that night. I was like, hey, Pete, yeah. I really love your music, and I'm going to your show tonight, and then I just, like, ran off, and Caleb's just and left standing there. I was there. standing there with him, <laughs> and I was like, hey, I'm Caleb. I don't really listen to your music. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I was like, you just, afterwards, I was like, you just bounced on me. We were going to go say hey to him. I and got you, so yeah. fangirly. It we was like crazy. walked up to him and you immediately walked up, said that, and then like darted down the off. hall to the bathroom. And, then and I was like, Caleb came... uh, hey, like, I'm I not going to your say, show. Like, I didn't say bye or any, I didn't end the conversation. Like, I just, I got so nervous and like giddy. I just like, ran off. That's a, that's, that's that's adorable. Fair. Yes. That's adorable. But yeah, I mean, Fall Out Boy was definitely the most pivotal band in my music listening concert going history, and I will forever be thankful to them for that. The end. Do you think they connected you to a lot of what you listen to now? Like, do you see that as like a foundation or a door to like a lot of stuff you listen to now, um, or was that kind of like a random offshoot of some of the music you listen to? I mean. 
So their style that I really liked, like I said, I'm not up to date on their style at the moment, but their style that I really liked, it was a little, it would be described at the time, we described it as emo, pretty punk, punk rock. And I do Ooh. still enjoy a good <laughs> punk rock, a good punk rock song. I mean, I just loved their guitar and their bass lines, which I do feel like a lot of bands that I listen to now have some really good bass lines and guitar riffs. So I can see that there. And then also, like I mentioned earlier, I loved their just kind of odd, weird, mysterious lyrics or song title names. And I do think I'm still drawn to bands who have that too. Okay. Well, were you, was it, I mean, I know it was mostly Fallout Boy, but did you get into that scene? Like, at least I think of some of the earlier bands, like maybe uh, Jimmy Eat World or like Blink-182. Jimmy! I mean, I kind of, I kind of, of listened to them, but I, I would say more, <laughs> the other like punk rock bands that I listened to more would have been like, you do what we aim for. Panic were, at the Disco. I did like Panic at the Disco and Taking Back Sunday, The Almost. Yeah. This Providence. Okay. So, some of those I didn't even know. Yeah. I kind of, I didn't, I would say the more punk rock that kind of went off of fallout boy weren't as big as fallout boy they were definitely a couple tiers down but yes that is that's what got me to Ed. well we said 16 but that's really what got me to 18 and you're still oh, oh, we're, go we're going i'm gonna go to 19 i'm going to senior year oh okay. shit well then you better get started q <laughs> I, I i i might i might take all night let's hear um, your history or whatever this well, question is yeah <laughs> Whatever the hell we're talking about. Musical influences. That was music that you listened to as a kid music, and how it transitioned into what you listen to now. Okay, I will try to be brief, yeah, but there's no seconds. way to do... Oh, uh, no way. Okay, so growing up, um, I, I'm kind of like a mix of you guys, because I know, Caleb, you were kind of forced to listen to like Christian music and Christian radio. And that was kind of true whenever I was in the car with my mom. And I mean, my mom was like the main caretaker so i normally was in the car with my mom so it was a lot of christian music um but like whenever we did family trips or whenever like my dad did the dishes he would put on music he got to random. choose the playlist the nights he did the dishes it's like you can do the dishes i'll do this tonight if i get to put on my music <laughs> or if your mom didn't want to <laughs> do dishes she was like hey you want to listen to your music i'll you let you put on your album done <laughs> um, well, I mean, well, my parents do also like some of the same music. Like, they both like the Beatles, and that was a big thing on, like, family um, trips. Uh, we would go to Ohio and Maryland, like, twice a year by car, because that's where their parents were. So, I mean, to Maryland from Nashville, that was, like, 12 to 13 hours. So that's, it was a lot with of... With four kids? Yeah. Man. Wow. With four kids, yeah. Thank so it was a lot boys. of... Yeah, Game Boys probably saved their lives... They weren't complaining about the old video games then when I was shut up playing Mario Kart. Um, Mario Kart. But, uh, Mario Kart. Mario but, Kart. uh, the, there were, yeah, Beatles are like forever in, uh, in my brain. I still love the Beatles. I never got tired of the Beatles. Um, but, I mean, there was a point where it was like, well, I don't want to just listen to the Beatles forever or whatever. Why not? Um, 
Well, I mean, I, I do, but what I'm saying is I guess middle school and high school, I wanted to explore beyond what I'd heard my dad listen to, which, I mean, he also listened to, like, Bruce Springsteen and the Rolling Stones mm. and Bob Dylan. And um, and my dad actually is a music historian, uh, he, mostly for music in Nashville and country music, um, which he and my mom both like country music. I never really got, I like old country music, but I don't really like the modern pop country music typically. Um, anyway, that's not that important. So growing up, yeah, a lot of Beatles and a lot of Christian radio, uh, I would say are the main two things. Um, well, well, but then I talk, that is a but mix, yeah. mix. but it's, but as far as uh, middle school, I when I was in high school, I remember I was already reflecting on middle school, and I had like four bands, four albums for each school year that kind of like started to uh, seep into my blood. So uh, in late fifth grade, my, my oldest uh, brother and, and my sister, who's the oldest, um, they really liked U2, the band mm. U2. So oh, yeah. uh, late fifth grade, I bought the first album that wasn't explicitly a Christian album. I got U2's Joshua Tree. I think um, I've heard of that one. Yeah, it's famous. So. I've, we listened to it actually when we were driving out of Joshua Tree. Yeah, we did. Oh, nice. A few months ago, nice. Amy's like, hey, let's listen to Joshua Tree while we're leaving while Joshua, we're Tree. Joshua Tree. Mm-hmm. And I said, yeah, it's that's a, a cool the, idea. The front of the it. front cover, the front cover of that album is the band hanging out in that in that park. Um, anyway, so that was like the first album that I bought, and like got really obsessed with in fifth grade. That wasn't a Christian rock album exactly. Um, I mean, I think Bono is kind of a Christian or whatever, but or at least his Bono's dad was kind a of preacher. Like his own little god. He's yeah, like he's his kind own of divinity little divinity at this point. He's a demigod, um, but uh, he's like so that was. That was fifth grade, and then in late sixth grade, um, I got really into Rage Against the Machine, yep. and I got a copy. I got a copy of um, the Battle of Los Angeles in sixth grade. Third, in late sixth grade, um, and I was like obsessed with them in through throughout the rest of middle school, especially like, I love in, that. in high school. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, Rage Against the Machine at that time, I mean, like, 6th and 7th grade, you know, you're starting to <laughs> hit puberty, you're angry for no reason, probably because <laughs> you're horny, but you don't know how to articulate it. Um, <laughs> so, you know, angry music was great at the time. I haven't figured out how to masturbate time. yet. <clears throat> yeah, exactly, but also 6th grade. <laughs> 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 I was just going to let that but like also uh, in sixth grade is when I started learning how to play guitar and bass. And so uh, Tom Morello, uh, the guitarist of uh, Rage Against the Machine and later Audio Slave, uh, RIP, Chris Cornell, um, it just his pedal board and his use of effects had a huge um, effect on me when I was starting to learn music. I was like, not only do I want to learn to play music, but I want to learn to make the kind of noises that Tom Morello makes in Rage Against the Machine. So they Which were a huge influence. some people would call not music. Who called it not music? I think my parents called that not music. Yeah. Uh, this is a true wait, story. My own mother made me break uh, the Battle of Los Angeles album by Rage Against the Machine twice. Um, I had to snap <laughs> the album in half in front of her because she hated Rage Against the Machine so much. She that hated how true. angry they sounded. 
So, so Rage Against the Machine was also, not only was it a band that I was getting into late sixth and seventh grade, but like, or yeah, late, late sixth grade and then throughout seventh grade, I was really into them. But probably sometime in seventh grade and maybe, or maybe twice in seventh grade or once in seventh grade, once in eighth grade, I had like a burned copy of that album that I was listening to. And my mom like heard me listening to it and she was like, take that album out and break it like in front of me. And it made them it made me want to listen to them all the more because that would, oh, yeah. is forbidden. When Opposite you're that course. age, yeah, yeah, yeah. When you're that age, if your parent is like, "I forbid this," even though you were liking it, it's like, "Oh well, now I like it more, and I want to listen to it even more." Um, so late I seventh remember, grade. I, I'm interjecting here. I had a CD, oh, of a yeah. burned CD. <laughs> it was two live performances. One was Bulls on Parade. One was Killing in the Name of. And I think I was in eighth grade that someone had given me, and I think it was you. <laughs> Probably me. And I had, Probably I had, me. I was, I would watch them all the time, but I would always make sure to take them out of the computer. But I left it in the computer once, and my dad watched it, and he was like, "Who the hell is this?" <laughs> <laughs> I was like, "They're awesome." Live performances of Killing in the Name of and Bulls on Parade. God, Killing in the Name of is the one that ends with just fuck you, I won't do what you tell me over and over and over again. Yeah. Anyway. It was great. Um, so late seventh grade, I got uh, probably the album that is, you know, we, we use the term like what's the most influential music. And I would say this album... I'm not saying it's the greatest album of all time, but it might be the most influ influential album. Uh, Radiohead's OK Computer was life-changing. Um, and I got that in, yeah, late seventh grade, and I got obsessed with them in, like, eighth and ninth grade and throughout high school. And to this day, I am still obsessed with Radiohead. Um, and then in retweet. late... Times yes, and then in... 10 of 10, it was... Uh, <laughs> it was yeah. <laughs> uh, which I could talk about Radiohead all night long, but I'm not going to do that right now. We're going to do, we're then, gonna do yeah. a Radiohead yeah, episode in the future. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We'll, we'll definitely coming. have a we'll have a Radiohead spotlight episode. Faux show. As the weekend but, would uh, say, I feel it coming. Yes. But so late eighth grade is when um, I got Sigarosa's Parentheses album. Oh, um, gosh. Which, uh, as I mentioned, um, like, I got into Sigarosa, but it wasn't until that I saw them live that uh, literally, the when I saw them live and I left, I, I had just turned 17. Um, I think Both within less than a month. Yeah, within <laughs> less than a month. Well, within less than a month, I was like, when I turn 18 in a year, I'm getting a Cigarose tattoo. And I did. As soon as I turned it, well, not the day I turned 18, but I think about a month after I turned 18, I went to a tattoo parlor by myself and got a Cigarose tattoo. Um, I, I don't think I knew too. that you got that one at and 18. I got it at 18, and I told no one Except um, us, and that I was, I was fucking obsessed with it. I would make well, you no, show no, it I to mean, me I, every time I saw you. Like, I'm like, you like, take your shirt like, off. Your back. Yeah. I, I think, well, what I'm, what I'm saying is, like, before I got it, I had it in my head that I was going to get it, but I think I had only told three people that I was going to get a tattoo right after I turned 18. Um, but, yeah, it was, like, the week... The, or like the following weeks after I got it, I started showing it to people. And yeah, everyone, also most of my friends at that age were like barely younger or older than me. So, you know, I've got like friends that are ages 15 to whatever, 23. Um, and yeah, everyone was obsessed with my Cigarose tattoo. Still it's proud still of my Cigarose awesome. tattoo. Can you can you um, take your shirt off, Keith? Can you show it to the crowd, uh, to the listeners? I don't think, we're, I don't we're think, I don't think the podcast... I don't think the podcast listeners audience. would would appreciate it. 
unless we were doing video, so I'm not going to do it now. But um, so those are like the four albums that led into high school and especially, you know, Radiohead um, and Sigur and Rage Against the Machine. I mean, we're so big in high school, but that led to like so many different um, bands uh, like Muse or Interpol or Black Rebel Motorcycle Club or Coldplay or whatever it was. Um, there's a million bands I can name. The Strokes. Uh, there were just like so many bands that I was getting into. And I was also playing in a lot of bands at that time, uh, as Caleb oatmeal can attest to. <clears throat> I was an oatmeal head. <laughs> but you were not an oatmeal uh, dead. I was not an oatmeal dead. I'm what made oatmeal dead. Um, <laughs> uh, but uh, also one of my favorite, well, I don't know if I should even tell this story. Well, anyway, one of my Tell favorite it. local bands, I mentioned, you know, there was great local bands that I saw because I started playing shows when I was 15. So I'd see bands like Celebrity and um, uh, Umbrella Tree. But probably my favorite local band throughout all of high school um, was Novelift. And I actually got to play, I, got, I became Novelift's bass player, um, which you can still find that album on like iTunes and Spotify if you want to check it out, listeners. Um, what about what's Amy? the name of the album? Is it just self-titled Novelift? That's N-O-V-E-L-I-F-T. Yeah, it's like Novelist, but an F instead of an S. That's the band name, and the album is called Up in Clouds. Mm. Um, uh, it is, um, I think we recently I think, listened to it recently. I, I have not listened to it recently, but I'm going to say that it aged well, even though I'm not 100% on that. I think it aged well. I was obsessed with Novelift. They were very Radiohead-esque, or at least everyone said they are very British rock. British. Uh, uh, that kind of style. Um, so I got to play for them, so that was that was awesome. But yeah, there were so many just great local bands. Um, trees. And trees was pretty good. Also, trees. Uh, trees was another band trees. that I played for. Actually, the first EP that I released, I think, was the Trees first Trees EP. And that was a very proud moment musically. But anyway, it's Listen not to it about... just the other day, dude. The books EP. You can find you can actually find that album for free on Bandcamp somewhere. Or uh, I have it. I have it on my computer. I'll just send it to you. Yeah, I want. No, I mean, I I I obviously have it, but I would I want to give the link, but I oh it's, oh, it's homegrowntrees.bandcamp.com. You can download. We'll put it in the show notes. We'll put it in the show notes. Trees is about to Word. fucking blow up, dude. Are you ready for this? Trees People are going to want more. Well, anyway, this isn't about uh, plugging music that I played, even though it was very fun. I think that was another just big thing about why I was getting into so many bands because I was playing with so many musicians in high school. It was like every chance I got, you know, I was playing uh, at church, the bass player at church. I was playing in multiple bands. Um, I was getting asked to play like the uh, junior senior banquet uh, when I was in 10th grade, I played like, I had to learn, I think it was like 30 songs in two weeks. Um, and we practiced a handful of times, but I did it. It was a great challenge. We also played so, um, a Sweet 16 around that time. I played a Sweet play right, with our I band. Played, <laughs> I played a Sweet 16. Um, so would you say Tom Morello was like the first, maybe not the, maybe the biggest, but maybe, but the first like, person that you heard or you saw that really made you want to get into learning how to play music 
Well, the YouTube Joshua Tree, um, I don't know if that's what made me want to start learning music, but I remember when I first started learning guitar, um, I hadn't heard Rage Against the Machine yet. And so when I first started taking guitar and then bass lessons, um, I was trying to learn a lot of the music off Joshua Tree. That okay. was kind of the first, first stuff that I was trying to learn how to play. Um, but once I heard Rage Against the Machine, I started learning how to play Rage Against the Machine stuff uh, following you uh, too. So I, I don't know if Tom Morello is like the biggest influence. I mean, I would actually say Tom York is a bigger influence okay. than Tom I feel Morello. Like but you're um, also heavily influenced by the, the Will McGinnis in terms of your bass playing. Like how you kind oh, of got into bass. I feel true. like it was Audio Adrenaline and U2 was like what you were playing when you like first got a bass guitar. Well, to be honest, I think what, <laughs> what genu- genuinely got me into playing bass guitar. Um, which I, I mean, I loved bass guitar, but I remember I started learning guitar in sixth grade, um, or maybe it was even late fifth grade, um, but like late fifth or into sixth grade, I was learning guitar. And I remember like the latter half of sixth grade and especially seventh grade, a bunch of other kids started learning how to play guitar. And I feel like late middle school, early high school, a lot of people start learning to play instruments. They start getting more into the music that they're going to listen to for a while. Um, and so I just remember so many boys like learning to play guitar and I was like, I should learn to, well, they were, they were boys learning guitar these days. I I got to switch over the bass. These youngins. I was, well, in my mind, I was just like, okay, people are going to start forming bands soon enough and everyone plays guitar and everyone's going to want to be the guitar player. It's like, I should. I was like, I, yeah, I was like, I need to focus on an instrument that isn't the guitar so that people, so I'll be more useful to that everyone no, else that does play An instrument that guitar. no band really needs, a bass. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> There's plenty of bass guitar jokes. Yes, <laughs> um, uh, but uh, that was actually the main reason why I would learn bass is just like, I wanted to get as many chances to play as possible. And I thought there was too much competition with uh, guitar. So I was like, I'm going to focus on bass and just be like, the bass player and i felt like in high school a lot of times i was the bass player that was like i yeah i know it's pretty cocky i still uh, know you as the bass player but yeah back yeah back to masturbation i'm the bass player um master masturbation um (laughs) no i mean i i wasn't that cool but anyway i but i did play bass and (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> to uh, okay to master bass. Master bass? anyway i didn't master the bass but i master based it you know and do you master bass um, once or does it a continual thing you have to keep master bass like mastering bass and just master bass every day I, yeah i'd say you got to master bass at least once a day okay you know <laughs> that's the doctor's orders uh, anyway i don't know why that joke went on for too long anyway <laughs> because we were all playing uh, never mind i'm gonna end it right there <laughs> <laughs> but uh <coughs> yeah like high school i radiohead was definitely the, i think the most influential band as like they were my favorite band throughout high school i feel like just being in lots of bands and playing with lots of musicians you know we're just constantly talking music. So it's like, someone's like, oh, did you hear this new artist or this new album? And it's like, oh. So there were so many bands and artists that I 
found in high school all over the spectrum. Like, you know, you've got like a bass drum duo, like punk duo, like Death From Above 1979. And then I'm also listening to like Rufus Wainwright. Oh, oh. I spilled my water. Uh, Rufus Wainwright or whatever. Um, And yeah, there's literally some, I tried to like make notes before we did this podcast and I literally just wrote so much. (laughs) I can't even do it all. But you know, like I was getting into, uh, I had already growing up heard a little bit of Led Zeppelin and the Kinks, but you know, like getting into some more oldie stuff like Led Zeppelin and the Kinks and Queen or getting into more soul music, whether it's like the Temptations or Sam Sam Cooke, James Brown. I can't, I can't. It'll it'll (laughs) take all night. I wrote so many bands that I found in high school, like the White Stripes, Yeah, 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 Sufjan Stevens, Tears for Fears. Shit, okay, Grizzly Bear. I'm not going to read it out. I got to throw it. Your time's up. You've been talking too much. Burn it. Burn it. Let it burn. I just threw the list out of readable, so I'm not going to read any more names. So, Caleb. Tell us about Okay, I'll make yourself. this rapid. Uh, yeah, mine went on. Well, I really tried to focus on the age group that we were talking about before the podcast, which was 12 to 16. Oh, yes. 12 to 16. Okay. Excuse me, can I get that too? I, okay, but that is like sixth grade to sophomore year for me. Okay. So, which was a very transitional phase. Jet, are you done drinking, bro? <laughs> um. Anyways, so like, I feel like before 12... My music was very filtered towards me, or for me. It was all pretty much Christian Christian music, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> and uh, it was just like early middle school where I was starting to get some freedom amongst the realm of Christian music and starting to like actually find stuff that I wanted to listen to and not just whatever was on Way FM or not whatever was just safe for the whole family. So like right at twelve. I had, or, like, right before that, I was starting to get into more, like, Audio Adrenaline and P.O.D., which were some... Pod. Pod, which were some early ones. I feel like once you hit age 12 is when you're just starting to get exposed to more music based on, like, who you're hanging out with and who you're around with. And, like, you can't, your parents it's can't... Social thing. Yeah, your parents can't filter as much as you were when you were a kid. Mm-hmm. And so when that happened... Um, that's when I started getting into or, or heard about, like, Rage Against the Machine. And I feel like that was a lead-in from, like, P.O.D. Led into, like, Rage Against the Machine, which also led into Muse around the same time. I think that was oh, around, yeah. like, 8th grade. <laughs> um, also, Red Hot Chili Peppers was an early oh, one. Oh, yeah, man, I didn't, I can't believe I didn't mention... Because uh, you, you even like, do you even like them? Yeah, come on. Gosh. Yeah, so I, I got a guitar... I was one of those boys to get a guitar in yeah. eighth grade and started picking <laughs> up music boys. lessons. And I remember at that time, some of the first songs I learned uh, were Switchfoot, uh, Red Hot Chili Peppers, and then early high school is when Muse kind of started dominating the scale for me because I was really wanting to be like, as I did like Tom Morello and I loved Rage, but I think. Uh, Matthew Bellamy <laughs> was oh, a yeah. guitarist god in my mind, and Absolution, and then Black Holes and Revelations, which I think came out my sophomore year, were pretty uh, revolutionary albums in terms of like how what like inspired me to really get into guitar. So like that yeah, kind of I rock d- music. I do think um, I do think Absolution came out when we were in eighth grade, and yeah, that was just like mind blowing at the time. Yeah. Okay, I'm curious. I'm gonna step in here. Yeah. 
Because a lot of these artists that y'all are talking about now, or not now, a lot of these artists that y'all are talking about, I feel like I didn't really get into them until the last, until like post this time period we're talking about. Until you met me. Yes. (laughs) But y'all got into them, it sounds like as, you know, in real time, like as the albums were being released, Mm -hmm. as these things were happening. Um, Yeah, for a lot of them. I mean, so how did y'all, how did y'all hear about them? Because mostly it was just other musicians, other musicians, kids at church, kids older at brothers. It was really helpful because Cusick mm. and Justin both had older brothers who would that's filter their music, both and so them. like that is how I got at least that's how I started hearing yeah. a lot of things for the first time. Because I'm, it's just interesting because the like, three of us at I mean Cusick, I know you eventually left Lipscomb and went to Hillsboro, but for the most part we were like in the same bubble of like we went to the same school we lived in the same city um but i was not exposed like if i think if i had been exposed to Mm -hmm. okay computer and radiohead when it came out whenever it did or um absolution wait that came out in the 90s yeah 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 that came out in 97 but i will say the year that i found uh okay computer and bought that album was 2003 which is the album or the same year that hail to the thief came out okay so i do i do remember hail to the thief coming out that was the first radiohead album that came out after i'd become <coughs> a fan of theirs yeah and that was like monumental to be a part of like the out al- like listening to the album as mm-hmm. it came out mm-hmm. um and yeah I, caleb is, is right like my brother eli is the one that showed me red hot chili peppers mm-hmm. and the stroke the strokes first album which came out in 2001, and so their second album, which is probably my favorite, Room on Fire, yep. that came out in 2003, which I think would have been like early eighth grade for us. So I remember that album being really heavy in like late eighth grade and ninth grade. But just thinking about like we've talked in past podcasts, I mean, about, you know, like birth order or like having siblings and things like that mm-hmm. and how it affects your personality, I can really see it, I feel like, shining through right here because, I mean, Caleb, it sounds like you learned a lot of your music from your friends like Cusick or Justin who both had older siblings well, that's which might have been where I they would... heard a lot of it from because I was the oldest so I didn't I would So you just listen to what your dad I just listened to. to what my dad listened to and then I just listened to kind of what was popular like on the mm-hmm. mainstream radios but you leaned a little more towards oh, rock than yes. pop Yes I I got to say even though I do love this band I have to specifically mention an album and I think um, our yeah, friend Justin's older brother. Go for it. Yeah. Well, sorry, sorry. Bitch. Uh, Justin, <laughs> Justin's older, Justin's older brother Jeremy and his friend uh, Logan Hartline, who I played in a band with. Uh, Jeremy and Logan showed me Interpol, and mm-hmm. the album "Turn on the Bright Lights" I think was like one of the biggest albums for me in high school. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, I have that in mind as well. But see, once again, that's okay. that's an album I listen to frequently nowadays, but. Had no idea at this time at that time in my life, no well, idea that music cool. existed. That's cool. Like when I when I made this list out, a lot of those bands I still listen to now, and especially mm-hmm. the albums that were coming out then, I still listen to now. Mm-hmm. Some of them not as yeah. much. Muse is one that has definitely dropped off kind of a cliff for me. Um, that's true. But they were they were a huge push uh, into like getting me like started and getting me like inspired to like just want to dive deeper into guitar playing and live music and uh, just kind of music and didn't like in general so so gotta give a lot of credit to muse mm-hmm. around that time yeah, yeah. Um, yeah we also 
played Muse uh, our sophomore year in high school at the talent show. We played Time is Running Out. Freshman year, we rocked Bulls on Parade with Cusick as Zach De La Rocha <laughs> and on the vocals. Remember that? Yeah, I still, <laughs> I, I remember it, but I tried to block it from my memory. But thank Well, you I just brought it back that. up. I wish we could find that performance because I actually thought the music was pretty good. Were the vocals not good? Uh, you didn't mention the, the vocals. Vocal, the vocals were mixed too loud. Bulls on Parade. I well, one, I wasn't angry enough, and I was still he, somewhat. He came out a little hesitant sounding. for Bulls, and I think it needed a little more oomph. Let's just like, say that I'm not. A, I'm not. A, let's just say I'm not a leading man, and uh, fair. I can I can sing, but I can't rap. And I'm not supposed to rap. And I have lots of respect for lots of rappers out there, from Zach De La Rocha to Black Alicious to Kendrick Lamar to whoever else. But, uh, yeah, I should not rap. And I did <laughs> once in ninth grade. <laughs> I mean, there's a video of me on YouTube rapping Bulls on Parade at church camp later. I think I was a junior or senior by that point. But I, yeah, but I now you got the, the dreads. Torch. Uh, now, now I have you the, got what, the so I can wrap it now. <laughs> the microphone explodes, shattering the mold. Either drop the hit like they oh, get the fuck off get the, the commode. Get the fuck off the commode. Commode. You're gonna have to make this one explicit, I think. I think all of them explicit. <laughs> all of them are explicit. Okay, so big shout out to Muse. Big shout out to Muse. Big shout out also to I think uh, the transition phrase from like filtered Christian music to really opening my mind. Switchfoot kind of transitioned that too. They kind of kept around oh, yeah. while I still kind of had my foot in the door with foot? the church. Oh, <laughs> bam. Nice. That was a fake high no, I, I, I do Woo. feel like Switch Switchfoot for a lot of kids that I knew growing up that were only allowed, allowed to listen to Christian music. It was like Switchfoot and P.O.D. were kind of the two transition yep. bands that got kids uh, out of Christian music to kind of the semi-Christian music to whatever music they would end up getting into throughout high school. Yeah, I think on our eighth grade field trip, I list, I had like four albums with me. One was uh, P.O.D.'s first album, which had Southtown on it. Um, I had a Cal- had Californication <laughs> by the Chili Peppers. <laughs> yes. I had a mix of Rage Against the Machine, <laughs> and I think I had a Switchfoot album. That was my. I just listened to those four albums on repeat while we drove around Boston, looking at dumb history, wow. and <laughs> so those were all big. Salem uh, witch trials, yeah. I think early on into um, high school is when I remember it. It was like the only CD that was ever in my little like, I don't know what they call CD player that I had in my room. <laughs> I think that's but... what it's called. <laughs> <laughs> so it was, my, it was the only CD I had CD in my CD cool. player, but it was also an AM FM radio, so you know it had multiple functions. Mm-hmm. Uh, but was OK <laughs> Computer actually. And that was something I oh, never nice. took. Like, I would listen to it in the mornings, mm-hmm. like, before school. I would just, like, yeah. play it. And uh, as you said, he's like, that one, that was kind of the only Radiohead album I really listened to for a lot until Hell to the King came out. I never really Hell got to into Hell to the Thief. I never really <laughs> got into, like, Amnesiac and Kid A until way later, which I know, I guess, those. Yeah, it, that is interesting because, you know, a lot of people as far as the history of Radiohead goes, a lot of people talk about the transition from OK Computer to Kid A, um, which is a big transition for the band. But yeah, uh, for you and me, when we were getting into Radiohead, it was like, 
we found OK Computer first. It was life changing, but it was like Hail to the Thief was next. Mm -hmm. And then and then I, I definitely listened to, you know, the Ben's Kid A and Amnesiac before In Rainbows came out because I was obsessed with Radiohead by the time In Rainbows came out. See, and I didn't really Rainbows, do that, but In Rainbows bridged that gap for me. And In Rainbows was probably one of the most like impactful CD experiences oh, i yeah. had and and one because they just put it out there for free with that no one knew it was coming yeah. all of a sudden it's like there's it was, a new radiohood album was, today and you can pay what you want download it right here now i'm like yeah, what this is amazing it's just art for the yeah. sake of art and this is like pure music and then the album is incredible mm -hmm. oh yeah so yeah we'll we should save the conversation about in rainbows releasing for the radiohead yes. spotlight episode but yeah that was a big moment in history uh -huh. motherfuckers and then uh i cigarettes also was in there i had parentheses and talk were kind of the only two i listened to at the time um interpol i had not a, a giantess no not really i didn't really get into that one which is part of your tattoo but i didn't it was kind of just very specific albums from these bands and and parentheses was the main one but then also talk uh we've listened to a lot um, I also kind of started getting into P.O.D. led me into Deftones, too, which is also oh, kind of... I wasn't yeah. really into their discography as much as I was just, like, learning a bunch of random songs of theirs on guitar because I loved playing their riffs, which still to this day yeah, is fun. Much better with an electric. We still to this day, yeah, if Caleb and I get together and there's two guitars in a room, odds are we'll play some Deftones riffs. <laughs> yes, I'll have to brush up on my Deftones. Um, also wanted to give some... Uh, Another transitional band for me, I think that is kind of embarrassing, but Creed, <laughs> oh, yeah. which I think That's Justin valid. and Jeremy got me into, uh, but yeah, Creed was six, one we where I was starting grade, to push yeah. my boundaries of like, hey, this isn't Christian music anymore. This is like mainstream rock, and cool. it was it was kind of cool, but then later I'm like, oh, Scott's that God. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I laugh at that phase. I, I think that was sixth grade, which was when... Um, I want to say Justin uh, and Jeremy, yeah, they were getting into Creed, and uh, Eli was getting in, was showing me Red Hot Chili Peppers and Rage Against the Machine mm -hmm. at that point. Um, so I, I got more into Rage. I never got super sucked up in, in the Creed movement, but there was Thank definitely God. a handful of periods where, like, I remember our friend group listening to a lot of Creed. And uh, yeah, going it's not music that I want to like revisit, but anytime I do hear a Creed song, if it comes on the radio at work randomly, a Creed song will come on. It like makes me smile. I'm like, <laughs> I'm like me now. I'm yeah. six feet from the We could all do a bunch of Scott Stapp. Yeah, Scott Stapp impressions. <laughs> Oh, I loved I loved early YouTube. It was like where they just made um, bands that were like playing a concert, but someone like made them sound really bad. What were those videos called? I don't know. Oh well. Anyway, someone did one of Creed, and it's just like awful. Anyway, it's anyway. It's 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 funny, but yeah, no, that's valid. Creed, uh, definitely. I remember in sixth grade, that was like a part of our friend group. Was Creed was like a big transition out of Christian music. Yes. It's also interesting to hear y'all's take because y'all started playing music mm -hmm. during this time. Which is why oh, I yeah. think Muse was so so huge for me. Like I heard them before or like right I was right as I was getting a guitar and then that I think really like 
captivated me in terms mm-hmm. of learning guitar. They were just the main motivation of like, oh my God, I want to play guitar like Matthew Bellamy. <laughs> oh my gosh, yeah. Which well, I, would never, ever happen. <laughs> I, I, I will also say, yeah, learning music, one of the biggest like bass player milestones for me is eighth grade, Absolution comes out. Oh. You know, I've been I've been playing bass for a couple years. Hysteria. I hear... I hear the song Hysteria, and I'm like, holy shit, Were that's crazy. And then, But I was hysterical over it. And then early ninth grade, I start playing in a band that Caleb mentioned uh, in Medeus Riss. Uh, that drummer, Logan Hartline, was one of Jeremy's friends, so he showed me a lot of music at that time. And uh, But that band, uh, Logan was like, dude, we should we should play Hysteria. And I was like, dude, that bass, that's so crazy. And he was just like, no, you got to learn how to, to play it. And I was like... Well, I, I should be challenging myself. And sure enough, like we did a couple practices um, a week. And yeah, within probably like a week and a half or two weeks, we had that song down and I could like, I just like mastered that, that bass line. And I remember just as a young bass player starting high school, like being able to play Hysteria whenever I wanted was one. such a just such a just like badass like check out what i can do move that's flash. how i felt about i learned that baseline on guitar actually but that's how i felt about when i learned plug-in baby and we played oh, plug-in yeah. baby my junior year which is past the 16 age range so i did not go there but <laughs> oh plug-in you're baby, allowed to go to senior year dude plug-in baby to to was was that jam for me once i got that main riff down and it's like oh man this is taking it to okay anyone. all right well since you're being a little a little bitch about it since you've only gotten to 16 <laughs> it's because i don't want to you... go to 18 because when i when I, the next two years of... well no 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 you don't have to go to 18 but i i pose this question to amy what what album or band or albums or bands which maybe you've already named them do you most associate with senior year of high school oh um well I most associate music that year with the Interpol show at the Ryman. That was oh yeah, I went I went to that one. <laughs> that, that was, was such a good that show. That was amazing. That was such a good show. And uh, I don't was that. I mean, our love to admire hadn't come out at that time, so I don't think, or maybe it had. No, I th- I think I think it had just dropped. Was it I that too where we was... saw them on, but they were still playing a lot off of Turn on the Bright Lights and Antics, um, and we had really good seats. Yeah. But so that that's kind of one of senior year. But honestly, I'm not I'm not gonna be embarrassed by it. But senior year, I got I was heavily into the basketball scene. So that is where I listened to the most rap and hip hop. I think, which was pretty oh, yeah. or or pop too, mm-hmm. which was basically our pregame basketball playlist and what the whole team was listening to at the time. So I did have a little phase where I listened to that shit. I mean, that's when I really right. met you, and so, yes. So, the my music taste seemed all over the place. I would listen, I was, like, heavily in the muse and playing right. guitar. What was, your num- what was your number one rap pump-up song before a basketball game? Oh, shit. It was I'm Me by Lil Wayne. I'm Me by Lil Wayne. It was Lil Wayne. Lil Wayne was, was yeah, out of my <laughs> out of that phase I went to, and it kind of transitioned into early college, uh, Lil Wayne was the main guy at the time. Love some I, wheezy. I, but I will say, someone who met you during that time, yes, you did have that, but I feel like it was more of like a social thing. Like it yeah. was, you know, like, yes, yeah, socially you would listen to like rap and pop and like know, know the songs mm-hmm. and like know the beats. I knew like the hit songs coming out on the pop stations and the new rap songs. So and... yeah, socially you would listen to them, but I felt like 
if we were really like hanging out like one on one or like uh, once you really got to know you was like oh, okay he just listens to that socially this is actually yeah because when I was around one on one I would listen to what I wanted mm-hmm. to and now growing older all that kind of died off a little bit mm-hmm. or it's become a little yeah. more focused if I do want to listen to it yeah it's not just whatever's being I mean, put out just you mentioning listening to OK Computer in the morning, which I know I did also at that point. Like, when I got OK Computer, I actually listened to that album just nonstop for weeks, but um, at any time of the day. That's but now, I did the just thinking about it. Yeah, I now just want to do that, like, tomorrow morning. I just I might start the day with OK Computer tomorrow. Dude, well, you should. We had, it, we had it on a, uh, a record, and we would listen to it. It was, like, the remastered 20th oh, yes. edition, yeah, and it had all their little extra yeah. B-sides that weren't released on it. Was... Did you sell all your vinyls or give away? No, all no we still have them. Do you do you want them? I don't know no. what the hell we're gonna do. I mean, with them. well, okay. well, you shouldn't give them to me, but I could hold on yeah, to them if you guys. Yeah, we might give you to store them because that was the one thing. Everything we own is in this van Minus. except for our record player and our records because I did not want to sell those, and we couldn't keep them in the van, so they are staying at a friend's house right now in Denver. But okay, nice. But nice. we'll have to get them shortly. We will and do need to get them. them. But yeah. honestly, they could fit in the van. We have a lot they of could, extra storage. They could, but I don't want the we weather use. to warp them. The yeah, the weather wouldn't be good for them, mm-hmm. and, yeah. and you just can't utilize them the same way. We'll talk about that down the road. Another time. Post podcast. PP. Uh, speaking All of right. PP, we might need you to cut pee-pee? this. No. Does anyone have to PP? <laughs> no. No, I'm just kidding. I could no. pee. Okay, I so final final words on your music from 12 to 16 slash end of high school. Cusick. Final words. Oh, final words? Um, I don't know. I, uh, well, I guess I didn't answer the question that I posed to you two for myself. Which Were you is, waiting for us to pose no it one's, to you? No one's asking it. <laughs> <laughs> well, There's no, I just, I decided, I decided it was a decent question. Like, what do I most associate, or what do you guys, what do I most associate with senior year of high school? Um, which I don't know, actually. Um, because I named so many bands and artists that I was listening to throughout high school. I feel like senior year of high school, I remember um, like getting into the shins that year. And maybe that was junior year, but I just remember senior year listening to a lot of the shins. Um, so you don't remember. All right, next. <laughs> I, don't, I, don't, I don't really remember. Like I was still worshiping Radiohead. Um, I, I will say, actually, senior year is when I started to get more respect for, like, old country music. So, you know, like, Hank Williams and uh, Roger Miller or whoever else. Um, just, like, old, old uh, country, country peoples. Country. Because um, I was uh, in, like, and I guess folk music. Folk music and old country. Because um, senior year of high school, I made friends with a bunch of sophomores at Hillsboro, and a lot of them were into old country and folk and they would bring their guitars for lunch break so we would just like play stuff like that on our lunch breaks together um but yeah other than that i don't really remember specifically what what albums or artists stand out for senior year other than those ones kind of popped out and so i definitely you just know i pose yourself of... a question and then answer it with i don't know i did i did, I did. You're like i'm gonna ask myself and I'm a not question ashamed. and you know i, sh- I, I shan't i shan't be ashamed i shan't be ashamed shan't i know i ashamed. went to a lot of con- i know i went to a a lot of concerts um 
my senior year of high school, but I mean, like, the most memorable concerts for me were the ones that I was playing at that time. Like, I just, I loved playing shows. Like the Lipscomb And it was funny, th- throughout high school, everyone thought I was doing drugs, and I wasn't. Um, but, like, listening to the music that I listened to, I think, like, made me feel like I was on drugs, even though I didn't know what feeling like. It's like you would have been listening like. to it on drugs. You just weren't there yet. Well, later later on in life, I went back and revisited all <laughs> those drugs. albums <laughs> on Ditto. drugs. And you know what? I like yeah. it even more. I like all that stuff exactly. even more. Exactly. So anyway, it all worked out. But yeah, everyone is just like, oh, he's a stoner and he's always listening to that Radiohead. And it turns out I was a future stoner listening to Radiohead, <laughs> feel, feeling stoned by their music before ever uh, smoking weed. Um, but yeah, a closing statements from you guys. What, what else do you guys have to say on, on music. music? I think I'm learning just like after processing and speaking <laughs> and listening. I think I'm learning now that those periods of time for me when it came to music, besides Fall Out Boy, I was very much, I just kind of like popped around. You know, like I didn't do deep dives into bands and like go through their discography and like all their albums it was kind of just like what i heard on the radio oh i like that and then maybe i'd hear a few other songs by that band and then move on to another one okay it wasn't until post high school that the uh the album diving started happening i would say for more than one band so that is not what we were talking about this time around but i think that kind of sums up a lot of my music listening history and something else that I feel really grateful that I was exposed to a lot of music, lots of different kinds of music, and I think that I am able to enjoy like 95% of music that I hear. There's not a lot of music yeah. I hear that I just don't like, and I I like that. I think that's good. That's good. There is some music that I don't like, but I kind of agree with you. I also had a dad that listened to a lot of music, I mean, he literally studies music and writes about music as a music historian. So um, that was just a great influence to have. I'm very thankful uh, that my father brought a lot of music to my ears in early childhood and made me yeah. very open to lots of things. Yeah. And so, yeah, there's, there's, there's a lot that I like, and there's very little that I strongly dislike. Yeah. Um, and that's, that's awesome. Thanks, Dad. Caleb. What do you Thanks, Dad. I don't know. I mean, I, I don't I I like that I guess the period that you pitched that I was really trying to stick to, twelve to sixteen was <laughs> was was when my music musical taste was really that's when it really opened up. But like looking back on that, that's where I really found like foundational pillars of bands, of albums and of like types of music that just like that's what led it led me to where I am here and like that I'm still very attached to that music now Mm -hmm. um, which is cool to see like like you mentioned music turn on the bright lights like an album I still listen to on the weekly probably Um, oh yeah same with cigarettes I listen to untitled today and just everything it's and I'm still playing the same songs on guitar now like can't stop by the chili peppers which is one of the first songs I learned on guitar in eighth grade (laughs) so yep yep um, I look back and I'm like man that was really that period was really where I found some pillars to like prop my house up that I was going to build my future musical taste on, but still remain like true to those foundational tunes and artists, except for, well, no, nah, I still listen to Muse here and there. I still rock the Muse, <laughs> but Muse out of all those bands is the one that I listened to the least now that was probably the most influential at the time. Yeah. 
Yeah, as as you say that, I actually think that's probably true for myself. I feel like, especially in early high school, Muse was like one of my top bands, mm-hmm. and they kind of they, they like kind of the fell off. Top band. I mean, I mean, I still have love and respect for them, um, but uh, yeah, it's like I don't listen to them that much. Okay, so uh, occasionally, pandemic aside, them. if Muse was touring right now, like normal concerts, and they were. Let's say we were all in Nashville and they were only playing in Atlanta. Would you go see them? Would you buy the tickets and make the four-hour trip? I would make the four-hour trip if the tickets weren't too expensive. <laughs> it would depend. I mean, well, at this point, Muse is probably playing all stadiums, which isn't the best. But we saw Muse a few years ago headlining Bonnaroo. And I kind of feel like I don't know if I need to see Muse anymore after that. It was the climax. <laughs> yeah, it was like Good the climax. Point. I'm like, that was it. Like in terms, unless right. it's like very convenient and like a cool experience well, to go see I mean, a new show. Then Justin, uh, Justin, Jeremy, and I saw Muse on their Absolution tour in a small venue with like less than a thousand people, just like or maybe a thousand people That's just insane. all crammed in a tiny in a tiny room. And uh, I saw Muse after that as well, but I don't think anything will top Muse on their Absolution tour in a tiny room, just moshing and sweating uh, all over other human beings. As I'm going nearly deaf from Matthew Bellamy's <laughs> that's how I felt falsetto about their and guitar show. soloing. Yeah, we were right in front of Matthew Bellamy's speaker, and I had to give a speech uh, in the honors English the next morning about like <laughs> we were reading chapters in some book, and every person took a chapter or like took two chapters and had to like break it down. I remember getting up to talk the next morning, and my ears were still just ringing like crazy. <laughs> and I'm like, I can't even hear what I'm saying. <laughs> High school. High school. <laughs> All right. Well, that's uh, it. That's it. So uh, that's it. As far as as far as deep dive, <laughs> deep dives, uh, I'll go ahead and spoil for the audience. I'm going to give you guys a homework assignment. Learn how to master bass. <laughs> Learn how to master bass. No, uh, your homework assignment is King Gizzard and the Lizard Wizard. Just Google um, it. Just Google it. Just just Google it. Spelled out for the people. Um, King. Gizzard, Gizzard and the Lizard, and the lizard wizard. People wizard. look at me like I'm crazy when I say that name sometimes. Yeah. Gizzard has two Zs, but Lizard and Wizard only have one Z. Thank you. So you should probably know that. But um, uh, that that might be a, a focus episode that we'll do soon. But listeners, thank you for joining us and listening to us ramble about music that influenced us in late middle and high school 12 to 16 so this just or begs senior year. for another music episode for the it next for... little life section. Indeed. I think we should start talking. And... Well, we can talk about it. PP. PP. Podcast. <laughs> All right. We'll, pee. we'll we go PP and then we'll talk PP. We got to sign off. All right. Listeners, thanks. Thanks, thanks yo. And... Thanks for listening, yo. What's up, yo? It's Bye. Easy, baby. Bye. Bye.